Hey guys, and welcome to episode number 191 of the Pioneering Today podcast. We don't just inspire you, but give you the clear steps to create the homegrown garden, pantry, kitchen, and life you want for your family and homestead. On today's episode, which did you notice, my longtime listeners, you're totally going to notice this. And if you are a new listener, welcome. But regardless if you're a longtime listener or a new listener, I hope that you are excited because I am testing out you guys ramping up how many podcasts I deliver to you every single week. Now, normally I do one episode a week that comes out every single Friday, and that's usually a longer episode. So usually those are, depending on if they're an interview or not, they're usually anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes. But I would love to be able to deliver you more content and more podcast episodes that help you out directly with questions that you have. And oftentimes, when you are a homesteader and you are living this lifestyle, you guys, we have so much going on at one time that there's often information that you need that's seasonal. And if I'm only doing one episode a week, I can't always get you that information when you need it. So I'm going to be playing with doing some shorter episodes and giving you extra episodes every week. So that is where today's episode comes in, which is 191, 14 vegetables to plant now for a fall garden. And the timing of planting and putting in your fall garden is really important. And I'm going to give you some specifics so that you can tailor it to where you live in your gardening zone. But I wanted to let you know I was going to have some more short and sweet, but still just as important and good information coming your way in more episodes. And I would love to have your questions. If you have a question regarding anything that has to do with homesteading, I want to hear it so that I can create a podcast episode answering what your questions are. So you can shoot me an email. You can go to the comment section of this podcast on my website where it's a blog post or hit me up on social media, but email me your questions and put, especially if you're using email or even sending me a message on Instagram or Facebook, put in there, hey, podcast question so I can make sure and get those cataloged and then create episodes, getting them to you in as timely manner as possible. Okay. So now that I got that out of the way, we got our housekeeping stuff out of the way. We are going to dive into this episode. Okay. You ready? One of the funny things about fall gardens, if you've never done a fall garden before, is we are actually planting them in smack dab middle of summer in most cases, even though we're calling it a fall garden because the goal is to be able to harvest those plants and those crops in the fall and well into the winter. And the reason that this is important is because if you plant these crops too late in the summer or too close to your first average frost date, they'll begin to grow, but they won't be far enough along in maturity before those first hard frosts hit. And so you'll either get very little harvest or none at all. And so we need to make sure that we've got the growing span there so that you actually get a harvest for your work. So for me, I am technically, if you look at the map, so in the U.S., we have growing zones, and those are determined by your average low temperatures in the winter and the average amount of days that you have in your growing season. For me, 
technically I'm supposed to be gardening zone 7B, but we live in a little bit of a microclimate because we're so far up into the foothills of the North Cascades that we're actually closer to a gardening zone 6. What that means is normally my average first frost date, and that's a killing frost, which means the temperatures are in the 20 degrees Fahrenheit for a killing frost that kills off your warm weather crops. That for me, depending upon the year, is going to be anywhere from mid-September to the 1st of October. And I'm really hoping we're lucky this year and it's the 1st of October because even by Pacific Northwest standards, we've had a really rainy and wet summer. Even all the way through July and August, we just came off the backside of five days of rain straight in a row, and average daytime highs were barely out of the 60s. So I have got like, please, dear Lord, let us not have our first hard frost until the first part of October so I can eke out a little bit more harvest time because everything's been delayed by this cooler weather. These tips that I'm sharing with you in planting times are going to apply mostly to gardening zones six through about eight. But no matter what your gardening zone is, if you count backwards from your first average hard frost date in the fall, go back six to eight weeks, and that is going to be your planting time for these crops. Now, if you're in really southern climates and you don't really have a first hard frost date, you're not really dealing with frost, then these you're just going to want to plant as close as possible to your cooler temps. These are going to not be things that you're going to be wanting to plant now, but these are things that you'd probably would look at starting to plant in November for December, January harvest. So at this time of year, we're going to have two types of crops. There's 14 vegetables total that I'm going to be talking about, but there's two types of crops that you're going to be putting in. Some of these need to be starts. We've missed the window of opportunity to plant them by seed in the ground. So I'm going to go over those. And then the other ones are going to be direct sown where we don't need to bother with starts. We can just take that seed and plop it in the dirt and away it's going to go. So the plants that you're going to need to have starts from are going to be things that are in the brassica family. I want you to think cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, kale, anything that falls broccoli into the brassica family, you are going to need starts if your first hard frost is the first part of September. You have missed the window to do it by seeds. The great thing, though, about your brassica families is pretty much all of those, especially the kale and the Brussels sprouts, y'all. The flavor is improved so much when they go through a hard frost. In fact, we do not even bother harvesting any of our Brussels sprouts, even if they're kind of almost ready, until a hard frost, if at all possible. You've not had Brussels sprouts until you've had them when they've gone through a frost. It just improves the flavor so much. And the great thing is with our Brussels sprouts, we were harvesting them. We actually got to the point where we just ran out of them to harvest. And we, I think we either triple or quadrupled the amount of Brussels sprouts we put in this year. If they're a family favorite right now. But we were harvesting them clear up Thanksgiving and even beyond into the beginning of December. And we had snow, we had frost, and we were harvesting them through the snow. So it was fabulous. And the same thing with the kale. I actually harvested our kale, no joke, you guys, all the way through until February. Yeah, I was able to harvest our kale all the way through February. It drastically slows down. So you're not getting as much leaf production, but the leaves that you do have on your kale, I was able to harvest pretty much all the way through on almost all of the plants. So that was pretty awesome. The cauliflower, the cabbage, the Brussels sprouts, and the kale, those brassicas, again, those are ones that you're going to want to have starts. So get some starts from your nursery if you didn't start them already earlier in the summer months to do a fall planting with. 
and get those in the ground as soon as possible. Now, with those plants, because right now is typically, for most people, August is one of your hottest months of the year, and you're trying to put in cool weather crops, make sure that you keep them watered well. Always important, too, when you're putting in starts. And if at all possible, look at things in the garden. If you've got corn or tall pole beans or peas that are casting a shadow, go ahead and plant those so that watch the sun. And if they can have them shaded in the afternoon or early evening during the hottest part of the day when the sun is the most intense, see if there's an area in your garden that you can have those in the shade or put some shade cloth over them that time of the day. They do need some sunlight. You don't really want them to be in complete shade. But see if you can cool the soil down or keep them cool and in the shade during that hotter part of the year. So oftentimes what I will do with, I did it with my lettuce this year, my cool weather lettuce. I actually planted it inside my bean teepees. So it got the early morning sun and then it was shaded with the way the sun fell around the teepees in the afternoon. And it's worked out fabulous. Okay, so we've covered the first four that pretty much cover most of your brassicas. Now the next on my list, these are ones that can be grown from seed, direct sown into the ground. One thing, if they are a larger seed, so specifically I'm going to be talking snow peas and sugar snap peas and beets, those are larger seeds, soak them for eight hours in just room temperature water before planting. This will give you a jump start. And also because typically our soil is drier this time of year in these hotter temps, then they're going to have more moisture and your germination rate is likely to be higher. So snow peas or sugar snap peas can be direct sown, and they actually do best when they're direct sown, just like beans. Peas and beans do not really like their roots to be messed with, so they're not really an ideal candidate to start indoors. Snow peas are great for growing in places where you have a warm climate through the fall and into winter because they're going to produce better for you. If you have really hot summers, snow peas are going to produce better for you in the fall and winter. They don't survive hard frost, so we're going to talk about that in a minute, though, because anything in the pea or bean family, usually if it gets really hot out and you have long, high, hot spells of 90 to 95 degrees Fahrenheit during the day, the blossoms won't set fruit. You'll get a lot of blossoms, but you don't get a lot of harvest. So if you can get them in the ground now and they have enough days to mature, which is usually about 60 days to be reach the point of maturity where they're going to start producing food for you then that's ideal because they're hitting their blossom and fruit production, which we're talking about a vegetable, but that blossom's turning into food as those daytime temps begin to come down. Now, the only drawback is they are not going to survive your hard frost. So your harvest will probably get cut short depending on how early your hard frost date comes in. But if you've got 60 days before the average one hits, I would go ahead and sow them and see what you get. Next up on my list for direct sow is beets. Beets are one of our favorites. They will tolerate some frost. If they're well-established and you have a more mild winter, you can really mulch it heavily and leave the beets in the ground and then harvest them through the fall as long as your ground isn't frozen. But if your ground freezes hard and thaws, ours tend to rot here in the Pacific Northwest. So I can leave them in the ground through about October and then anytime after that, if they're not big enough to harvest, they stop growing and leaving them in the ground, I'm not going to be able to go out and get them later because they rot. So anything that's beat-wise that's still in the ground for me needs to be pulled up by about mid-October. 
The great thing about direct sowing beets, though, is they're a little bit more tolerant of warm soil temps, which is perfect for sowing now in the summer to harvest in the fall, and they will germinate in soil that's up to 85 degrees Fahrenheit. Next up, spinach. If you've ever grown spinach before in the heat of summer, you know that that bad boy likes to bolt like nobody's business and it goes straight to flowering, and that can be super frustrating. So spinach is great to grow in the for a fall garden because you have those cooler temps and you don't have it bolting as fast. I did a new variety this year, which was really fun, and it was a Chinese spinach that's in the amaranth family. Chinese spinach is something that you can plant now as well, and it will grow for you. But what was great about this Chinese spinach that I was testing is it doesn't bolt as fast as regular spinach. So it was actually one that I was able to grow through our albeit cooler summer. So first year I've grown the Chinese version to see how it did, but it did really well for me compared to regular spinach varieties that tend to bolt really fast. Another one you're going to want to direct sow, and that is your carrots. You want to get your carrots in the ground as soon as possible, ideally eight weeks before that first hard frost, so that the root has enough time to grow and become established that it's large enough to bother with harvesting. But the cool thing is if you get your carrots sown late. And by the time that first hard frost hits, the root isn't really big enough to bother with harvesting. Leave them in the ground. And next year, because they're a biennial, meaning they produce seed on the second year of growth, very similar to your onions, then you will actually get seed on them the next summer and you can seed save and harvest that seed. And I have got a video on YouTube coming out showing you exactly how to do that. So if you aren't following me on YouTube, jump yourself on over there and you can see that video on how you actually will grow and then seed save your carrot seed and all the things you need to know about seed saving. But cool little side tip there. Number nine on our list is Swiss chard. So Swiss chard is a member of the beet family and that's why it does well in those cooler times. The cool thing about Swiss chard is most varieties of Swiss chard, and there's a whole bunch of them. There's rainbow varieties. There's the ones that we are kind of used more of what we think of typical with Swiss chard, which it has that ruby red stalk like a beet and then that green leaf. But with Swiss chard, it usually doesn't develop that big root like a beet does. And the greens keep on coming. They are very hardy, very cold hardy, and will tolerate lots of frost. So Swiss chard is a great one to plant for your fall garden. And then up next on our list, we have lettuce especially the cold hardy varieties. So look at your seed packets if you're purchasing lettuce and make sure that you're getting those varieties that say they do good in the cooler temps. But those are great. If you have some hard frost, cover up your lettuce at night. Sometimes it depends on the verity of how cold that hard frost is. I found though by giving my lettuce some a little bit of light cold protection at night and then once we get into the deep of winter, I'm almost able to grow lettuce outside without any heat, just using some cold frame options pretty much year round, which is pretty amazing. Okay, up next, we have radishes. Now, this is going to depend on what your soil temp and your growing condition is. Radishes actually like a little bit cooler temps, and it depends on your soil. So typically, and because radishes are ready to harvest in as little as 20 days or as as fast, they'll be from seed to harvest, 20 days, three weeks for radishes. Pretty awesome. So I usually wait until my soil temps are a little bit cooler to do radishes. For me, more around the first part of September, knowing I'm not going to have those hard frosts for at least two to two to three, sometimes four weeks out from when I plant. So very last part of August, beginning of September, all radishes. 
because radish seeds will actually sprout in soil temps that are as low as 40 to 40 degrees Fahrenheit, which is why you can plant them as one of the first things in the early spring. Again, you can do them in the fall as well and usually get a pretty good crop out of those. Now, we'll talk a little bit about rutabaga, turnips, and parsnips and planting those. Most of the time, you need anywhere from like 80 to sometimes for parsnips, 120 days before you're able to harvest them. So if you planted them in the early spring, you're going to just be coming to the harvest part of them in fall. But depending upon your growing conditions, most root crops will do well, but those are some that you might not have enough time if you put them in now before those hard frosts come to actually get a harvest. So that is typically what we are putting in our garden. I would love to know if you grow a fall garden, but I wanted to share with you guys, I am so excited for the Organic Gardening Workshop that is coming up this October 2nd. You guys, it's completely free and we are going to be covering everything, growing your own food organically. I'm talking crop rotation, companion planting, fall planting, fall gardening, cold frames, composting, natural pest control, vertical gardening, gardening with chickens, container and raised bed gardening. There, like so much. I can't even say it all in this list. It's going to be an amazing event. And get this, you can register. So you can go to today's show notes is at melissaknorris.com forward slash 191 because this is episode 191. Or you can go over straight to organicgardeningworkshop.com and you want to get registered because you want to be on the registration early bird list. But when you register that, it's going to put you on there because I'm going to be sending some things out exclusively just to people who are registered for this event as we lead up to it that you are going to want to get. Just saying, go get yourself registered. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait and mark your calendars for October 2nd, because that is when we're going to start the viewing. And each day you're going to have so many videos to watch totally for free. It's going to be epic. Okay, I'm going to sign off here. My goal was to try and make this episode a little bit shorter. I'm not sure that I succeeded. And send me your questions so that I can make sure and get them answered and get you out more episodes with the information that you need to create a homegrown and homemade life. Okay, we'll talk soon. Thank you.